0: Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com.
1: John, our last podcast, I was telling a bit of the story of, of my cancer and the diagnosis and beginning treatment, and how I um, just so needed God to come and and speak into that, and He did. About a year after I finished chemo, I was uh, hoping that some of the side effects I experienced from chemo uh, would be gone, and was pretty discouraged that they weren't and they aren't. I've lived with a uh, with a chemo brain condition that's just a vague cover for I have trouble uh, short term memory multitasking focusing and there's another one I always forget (laughs) (laughs) and I feel crippled handicapped and I'm pissed and then there's some physical side effects of the chemo that I've had to face and that have affected me and I was hoping that would be healed and It's now apparent that, at least for the foreseeable future, I just have to live with these conditions. And there's such a disappointment when you're facing handicaps, when you're facing struggles, when you feel different than everyone else. And you just need God to interpret this speak to help you understand what's going on. Why me? Why this? Lord, where are you in this? There's just lots of options, and I just want you to come and to bring light, to shut it, and to speak into this. And over the course of about another year since then, what's been wonderful is is God has spoken into that in a way that has deeply offered me hope and I've clung to. And in essence, he said, Craig, this next season in your life, your gifting, your calling, your role and your place, the strength of it and the glory of it won't be rooted in your mental abilities, your memory of all that great theology and stuff you studied, or even your skills and giftedness. It is going to primarily be from a heart that is present, engaged, and loving. And I find myself, John, just dependent upon God more in the day and day. And for him to speak into it and say, no, you're not crippled. No, you're not going without. Actually, you're in the perfect place. And so much of my life has kind of led me to this point of, I am now the man I want to be the man that I've longed to be the man whose only offering is to be present, fully engaged and loving. Mm. And it's like, that's the guy I've always wanted to be, mm. and now that's the guy I'm becoming. Yeah, And the chemo and the deficiencies, the side effects, and all of this are actually contributors that have taken me there and brought me here. Now, I, I'm not anxious about living with a, a prognosis that this stuff's going to come back and I may have to have more treatment, But I am really settled in, you know what, I'm kind of liking the guy I am Mm. and accepting, loving, thanking God for it and learning now how to offer and be that person. Mm. And all of that's just been God interpreting what I was taking as handicap, end of the bench, no longer in the game, lights fade, I fade (laughs) to now. no, actually, this is your prime and what you have to offer is more sagely and present and powerful than anything you've had. That uh, <laughs>
0: so It's so powerful <laughs> it to, is. Have, to have God reinterpret our life. So friends, welcome back to the Ransom Tart Podcast, I'm listening to Craig McConnell, and I'm John Eldridge. We welcome you back into our series on interpretation. And if we say one thing clearly... <laughs> In this series, it's ask Jesus, Hmm. ask Jesus for his interpretation of what's going on, whatever that be. Because we are interpreting our life all the time, and we're interpreting people and their actions, their inactions. We're interpreting God's actions or inactions. We are interpreting internal chaos and desires and dreams. We're interpreting situations at work and at home and at church, and we need God really to rescue our interpretation of things. What we're dealing with particularly in last week and this week are categories of disappointment and suffering. We're going to move on to interpreting things about calling and jobs and dreams and that sort of thing in coming podcasts. But wanted to talk a little bit more about suffering and disappointment this week. And what are the categories that you think in? How do we interpret these things well and in a way that's healthy and helping us toward restoration, helping us toward breakthrough, helping us when there isn't breakthrough? I think that one of the first things we want to say is suffering can really throw you hard if you are not armed for it. Hmm. 1 Peter 4, verse 1, he says, arm yourselves for suffering. Hmm. You go, whoa, wait, what? Arm yourselves for suffering. And by that, he's not saying expect it. He's saying, he goes on in verses 12 and 13 to say, dear friends, dear friends, Hmm. do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Mm. The thing is, it does throw us Mm -hmm. terribly, sometimes for years, like it can throw people for decades, one occurrence, one event, if we are shocked by it. And the scriptures are trying to kind of arm us to say, look, You are the sea lion who lost the sea. You were made for the ocean. You live in the desert. Like, this is not the world your heart was made for. Of course, you live with heartache, disappointment, unmet desires, unrealized dreams. You know, don't be shocked by that. In addition, you have an enemy who hates your guts. If he didn't cause it, he's all over it. Once it happens to throw his interpretation on things, guilt, shame, bitterness, abandonment by God, and this gets really, really hard for people if you have a theology, if you cling to a theology that doesn't acknowledge suffering, you know? And earlier in our conversation on this, we were referring to a story about a ministry in India where... This woman is ministering to prostituted women, not by rescuing them, because in that particular situation, that's not an option right now. But by bringing them the hope of the kingdom, you know, I mean, to try and feed those women a theology that says, you know, God only has blessing for you. Mm -hmm. He only has good for your life. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just want to go, look, that's just nonsense. That's just not true. It's not biblical. It's not historical. It's not accurate to the experience of the church. But,
1: yeah, or that your circumstances, whatever they are, will change, can change. They may not. Those mm-hmm. women, they're in a circumstance, a situation, it ain't going to change the side of glory.
0: We're not inviting suffering. We're right. just saying, gang, mm-hmm. look, the scriptures are be clear on this. And this will actually be a rescue to you because you don't therefore feel shocked by it. You don't therefore go to those mm-hmm. first two things we warned you about that, you know, your first reaction isn't I blew it or God blew it. You just understand, no, I, I've been warned by Scripture. I mean, listen to Jesus in John sixteen thirty three. He says, I've told you these things so that in me— Mm -hmm. You may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Mm -hmm. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. Like in me, those trafficked women in this particular instance in India, they're finding Jesus. In him, they have peace. In the world, they have trouble. And then the um, the story in Acts chapter 9 about the conversion of Saul to the Apostle Paul. Some of you remember the story that Jesus comes to one of his close friends, a man named Ananias, and says, Hey, Ananias, I need you to do something for me. I need you to go and pray for Paul so he gets his sight back. And Ananias is not happy with this with this ministry opportunity. <laughs> you know, and he says, Jesus, hang on. Like I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints. He has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer Hmm. for my name. (laughs) You just want to go, dang, like I wish that wasn't part of the equation. But this is the main guy. I mean, Paul's going to write the bulk of the New Testament. He's going to advance Christendom into... Asia Minor and Eastern Europe, and you go, wait, wait, this is your main guy, Mm -hmm. and one of the first things you're saying about him is, I need to show him how much he's going to suffer. Mm. And you read elsewhere in Corinthians how much he did suffer. In the book of Revelation, John is, you know, obviously beloved of Jesus, dear, dear friend of Christ, and he's been exiled to the island of Patmos. And he's in the book of Revelation. He begins by saying, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. Hmm. This is so counter to a lot of the popular theology right now. I mean, people are chasing breakthrough. They're chasing theologies of healing. And I'm not against that. We teach some of that stuff. But listen, this is not being taught. Actually, there's silence on this. And this will help you so much if you understand the context of Act 3, if you understand participating in the sufferings of Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, that Hebrews chapter 10, remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Like if if our hearts are bolstered for this, you know, you're just immediately fortressed against God has not abandoned me. Nope, nope, nope. That's not what's going on. Like No. Mm -hmm. And I'm not blowing it. You know, now some Mm -hmm. suffering does come Mm -hmm. because of our foolishness. But I think step one, Peter says, arm yourselves. And the way we arm ourselves is not to be shocked by it. You know, not to let it throw us for. Months and even years, Mm -hmm. you know, with just the absolute surprise of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. As you're reading those passages, John, I'm just thinking that the breakthrough does come, but it may not be in circumstances. But I'm just thinking of people that I know. The breakthrough is they're able to rejoice. Where does that come Mm -hmm. from? They have hope. Mm -hmm. They have a peace. Mm -hmm. When all of the world is just scampering to find life and doesn't mm. and lives in mm. a story that's only a couple mm. of acts long. there is no future, no heaven right. The breakthrough is God comes for us in our suffering, our pain, our loss mm. in the women mm. in in India, myself, yourself, others. we find God in the midst mm. of it, and that's the breakthrough mm.
0: it's huge. King- Most people don't like the direction this conversation is going, but hang in there. This is really, really going to help you. Suffering can be very, very redemptive. Mm -hmm. A number of years ago, I went through a series of disappointments, one right after another. And they were so orchestrated and they were so consistent. I began to see the hand of God in it. And I was mad. I was being thwarted. And the thwarting began to look orchestrated, and the thwarting did not feel like it was from the enemy in this case. It just felt like God was up to something. And finally, part angry, part needing interpretation, Mm. I just cried out to God, what are you doing? What is this about? And he said very clearly to me, he said, John, you're not an eternal person. Hmm. All of your hopes are set entirely in this life. And I've been a Christian for, you know, like 25 years, gang. So, you know, this is not where a maturing Christian ought to have their hopes set. And he was right. It was just total exposure. You know, it's just a practicing hedonist in many ways, just all of my hopes set in this life. So he says that to me, kind of prepares my heart for it. And then he gives the interpretation and he says, you're not an eternal person. One week later, Brent Curtis was killed. Mm. God was preparing my heart against devastation by helping me through suffering to just loosen my grasp on this world a little bit. I mean, we're in holy ground. I want to take off my shoes. Mm. I know some of you are suffering horribly, and I know that some of it has been ongoing. And only Jesus can provide what you need in that. But we are speaking from our experiences of suffering, and there's a holiness that's available if we'll let it come. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: I think something else we have to say is beware of agreements. Suffering, disappointment, recurring disappointment is the most vulnerable moment to agreements, like, you know, I'll never be loved, I'll never be happy again. God has abandoned me, or more self-directed things like I'm just a, I'm just an idiot, I'm not worthy. I'll never, you know, make anything of my life. Be very careful how you are interpreting your suffering, because yes, in the midst of pain and especially recurring disappointment, it's the most vulnerable moment for agreements. Yeah, I
1: think. John, you're talking about that sacred and holy place in suffering, a place of just where we are stripped. We have no hope apart from God, and we cling to Him just kind of in some desperate, desperate clinging, and He can be found, and He is there. And though our emotions rage, and though circumstances may not be altered. We just find him. I want to read Second Corinthians four sixteen. Paul says, do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The interpretation of our suffering is going to be found in things not seen.
0: Mm-hmm. This is enormous. I think I've told this story before. One of our sufferings, heartaches, over the last couple of years has been all of our sons leaving. And, you know, Sam gets married, and we pack up the U-Haul, and he and Susie move off to Minneapolis, you know, for find their life and together. And Blaine, you know, graduates from college and heads to grad school, and and then Luke graduates high school and and he leaves for college. And so, we were at Luke's high school graduation. This is two years ago, and it was just one loss upon another, and all the pain of that, and I was just devastated. We have a very, very close relationship with our sons and, you know, just the emptiness. And it just felt like life is just lost. So I'm sitting in the graduation ceremony and, you know, it's one of those kind of milestone moments in your children's life. And there's Luke in his cap and gown and he's in a line of people waiting to come up and get their diploma. And I'm just looking at the whole thing and just saying, you know, Jesus, how is life not just loss. Life is just loss. Mm-hmm. That's what life is. No matter what you get, you lose it. No matter what joy comes, it never lasts. No matter, you know, life is just loss. And, and he said to me, oh, John, nothing is lost. Hmm. Yes. And I knew in a moment that he meant for the saints, for the friends of Jesus, at the restoration of all things, absolutely nothing is lost. The return of Jesus and the kingdom of God and our life, our eternal life in his good and glorious kingdom, restores to us everything that was stolen, everything that was taken in this broken, warring world. And does that make a difference? I mean, you bet it does. You bet it makes a difference, but not while we're clinging to this world. And that's where the exposure of suffering can come. Now, I want to say a couple of things that help kind of frame a fully balanced conversation on this. By all means, seek breakthrough. By all means, seek reconciliation yes. in that relationship. By all means, seek the best medical care you can. By all means, you know, find a new life together. Whatever that, whatever that is, by all means, you seek breakthrough. A good deal of suffering is avoidable. You need to be really careful in your interpretation of suffering that you don't rule out the possibility that you're in this situation because you never ask God about it. Hmm. And frankly, there's just some humility and learning a new level of dependence on Christ. Most people never ask Jesus about plans they make, right? Jobs that they take, people they marry. You never ask God about that. You know, so warfare. That people refuse to fight, you know? you know, whether it's that back pain story or the the heartache that I was waking up with in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you just choose not to deal with that stuff and kind of ignore the warfare element, you don't want to face that part of life. You don't want to have to deal with that. Well, you're going to live under it. It's like, yes. you know, suffering that's avoidable from our foolishness. You know, just because you have a good heart doesn't mean you have a wise heart. Just because you have a good heart doesn't mean you have a mature heart, you know. And I've done lots of things out of foolishness that brought on suffering that had nothing to do with God, had nothing Mm -hmm. to do with the enemy. If I would set my heart to wisdom, as the scripture says, that won't happen again, you know. So, friends, walk with God. Mm -hmm. Ask Jesus Grow in character. Grow in wisdom. Deal with the warfare. By all means, seek breakthroughs. Yes. But can we also say, don't waste your pain. Like, I don't like the suffering I've gone through, but I can sure point to some really good fruits from it. Yes. Right? Letting it transform us. Yeah.
1: It was it C.S. Lewis who says that God whispers to us through our pleasures and joys and he shouts at us through our pain. And regardless of the cause, whether it's sin, foolishness, sinful world, God wants to enter it and speak. And Mm. there's an intimacy offered that is a fellowship of sufferings, Mm. an intimacy that brings rejoicing and hope. Mm. So the whole point that C.S. Lewis is, I think, making there is that God redeems and uses, speaks through the pain and the suffering. Don't waste it. Listen, what's he got in this for me?
0: There is nothing like disappointment and suffering that exposes. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just nothing like it. It exposes deeper wounds and agreements. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go through a current betrayal and bam, does it take you back to actually a deeper and more profound betrayal, you know, from your past and undealt with things and you know, the, the rage, the overreaction, you flipping out over it is an indication that, oh, God's in this. God's in this. He's after something in you. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that exposes, like pain, your way of handling life. Yeah. I mean, our first reaction is not to cry out for Jesus, typically. Our first reaction is scramble make it happen, fix it, or withdraw, check out, or blame, accuse, you know, lay the blame on someone else. I mean,
1: I'm thinking self-medicate is is the other
0: option. Yeah, right. Right. Just go to all your addictions. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, pain and disappointment, just chronic disappointment expose. And they expose our way of handling life. Mm -hmm. They expose our style of relating. Mm -hmm. They expose deeper wounds and agreements. And they expose where our hopes are primarily set. I mean, I have an embarrassing story that involves you that you have never heard. Ooh, Years ago.
1: Do we want to record this (laughs) or should we talk (laughs) offline?
0: No. (laughs) It it has nothing to do with you. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you're in the story. So for those of you who haven't heard kind of the history of Craig and my friendship, it goes all the way back to the late 70s. And over the years in Southern California, Craig and I became friends and backpacking together and, and as young men. And, and then I moved away and we would try and get together once a year to fish together. And it was a highlight of both of our years. We would look forward yes. to it. We'd plan it and I would either go to California or Craig would come out to Colorado, you know, and otherwise that was that. I mean we yeah. wouldn't we wouldn't see each other. So kind of that one trip a year and, and I remember one year you couldn't make it and you had to tell me that over the phone. You're like, I'm sorry, I, I can't come this time. Something's come up. And I hung up the phone and it wasn't just that you couldn't come, it was I don't get to go on this fishing trip. It was all kind of wear my hope, all that sort of thing. And and I remember just the resignation Mm. that set in after that. To be frank, I just wanted to go drink.
1: Mm. I just,
0: I mean, some deep level of resignation set in that was totally inappropriate to the actual disappointment. It was very disproportionate is what I'm saying. Like I had this huge reaction to it. And it was another one of those moments for Jesus to step in and go, John, do you see? Do you see where your hopes are mm-hmm. primarily set mm-hmm. on life working out, yes. you know, on your little pleasures and the little things you do to try and endure Act 3? Like, do you see your hopes are set totally on this life? And you meant nothing by the disappointment, but God was in it. Yes. And using it in a powerful way to just expose.
1: Yeah. Let me share one. It involves you. <laughs> do
0: we want to? Well, it's not about you. Do we want to record this or yeah, should yeah. we talk about
1: it? <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, at first it felt so cruel. One of the things I'm in the hospital. I'm suffering under the weight of this chemo. My body's ravaged and mentally I'm just freaking out. And I remember God very clearly saying, I'm to love others. Hmm. And what was interesting, John, what I'm hitting on here is I so thought that suffering was the story, and so everything else is exempt because I just have to bear down and get through this with God. And it was like, no, God kind of came alongside as a father. I said, no, Craig, even in this, you are to love. Even in this... You are to live holy and true and pure, even in this. And it was at first cruel, and then it became, oh, my goodness, he is exposing. He is exposing a whole lot of things. But suffering doesn't lift the weight or the requirements of living a holy, true life.
0: Whoa. I think a whole lot of people were just pretty exposed in that because we do feel like it's exempting, you know. You don't understand because of my because of my sexual abuse, I do not have to be intimate with my spouse. You don't understand because of my betrayal in my childhood. I do not have to trust people. You don't understand right. like we use it as an exemption, you know, to exonerate us, to exclude us from Walking with God. Yeah.
1: I can't worship. I can't be kind. Right. I can't right. offer. Even in suffering, or to offer, or yep. to love.
0: Yeah. And what's amazing, friends, that is actually the key to the doorway out. Mm-hmm. If you will love, mm-hmm. and in particular, if you will love God... In the midst of your suffering, something happens within you. Some things begin to shift inside. I've gone through a number of things that have been profound suffering in the last several years and the details of which are personal. But in the midst of profound suffering, what Jesus kept saying to me was, love me. Mm -hmm. Love me. And to be honest, my first reaction is, that's all you got? Like, that's it? Like, show me how to pray. Show me what to do. Show me how to get out of this. Like, that's it? All you're giving me is love me? But I went with it, and I accepted what Jesus was offering. And, oh, my goodness, the rescue Mm -hmm. of your heart and soul in that. Mm -hmm. As you were saying, Craig, your circumstances might not change. They might. Mm
1: -hmm. They might.
0: But. Regardless, find God.
1: Yeah. John Paul, 2 Corinthians 1, he says, The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So one of those fruits of suffering is we, through our suffering, deep disappointment, we experience God as a God of compassion and comfort, his presence, the intimacy, and the sacredness of the fellowship that suffering brings us into. And one of the fruits is, I now can offer that to others. Right. I mean, the power and the effectiveness and the beauty and the truth of the gospel comes from those who have tasted it on this level and now can offer it. Mm. Mm. There's something about someone when you say "don't waste your pain," someone who has deeply benefited from the hell they've gone through, in whether in silence or words or prayers, offers you God mm-hmm. in a way another can't.
0: Yeah, that in it they found God, mm-hmm. and so they can help you yeah. find God in mm-hmm. it. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. And, friends, we have to conclude this part by reminding ourselves and you that, oh, friends, as Jesus said to me, nothing is lost. Mm -hmm. Like, there is a day coming, and it is not that long off, where all suffering is erased and total wholeness. You will be totally whole, internally and externally, total redemption, total breakthrough life at last, when the sea lion gets to find the sea again. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is our hope. That is our hope. Jesus said, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, those who have lost or left, you know, relationships, he talks about Father, mother, sister, brother, children, fields, lands for my sake. So relationship, opportunities, kingdoms, wealth, jobs, calling will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Like you get it all back. (laughs) You get it all back. There is no loss that is permanent. You get it all back. That's our hope. That sustains us through disappointment to go, well, not now, but soon. Mm -hmm. Soon, I'll have everything I long for. Everything. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast, and we've been in a series on interpretation, how to interpret various parts of your life. We're going to carry on the series with interpreting relational issues, interpreting our context, Interpreting jobs, careers, ministry, dreams. So good things to come. And as always, we invite you to join us on the Ransomed Heart website for more information about our events, our resources, for more great audio teaching. Come to the Ransomed Heart website at ransomedheart.com.